Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, one of many leagues that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined as always by my co-host, Devin Rambo. Devin, say hi to all of our loyal listeners at home. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Devin. Well, we can have, we could talk about fucking anything. What do you want to talk about? We could talk about how the Browns are continuing to Brown, how the Bengals are probably going to continue to stifle Burrow's possible career projection forever. We could talk about the Steelers' suffocating defense, stuffing Saquon so hard. Oh, man. Well, there's a lot we could talk about, but let's instead just get into it, except for one caveat. Last year, I was hot on the Niners. I was telling you early and often, Back these suckers. Now, I did give my playoff predictions in seeding orders last week on this podcast. But if you recall, I did claim the Seahawks would win that division and that the Rams would have a wild card spot, notably absent the 49ers. And let me tell you why. It's not just the Super Bowl hangover. It's not just that Debo was injured in the offseason, Ayuk's injured, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, they lost Marquise Goodwin, their starting receivers are Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd, and maybe Dante Pettis is still on the team, who he's even keeping track at this point. Kittle is now injured, they lost to Forrest Buckner, they're replacing him with Kinlaw, who looked good in his first game, but still has got a long way to go. Their secondary actually wasn't that tough. Richard Sherman is not the stud that we that he once was. That was actually a little evident last year. Um, and now with him on IR, it's all around not good. And the the biggest concern is that Jimmy G is not that good. And this Super Bowl hangover is going to hit him hard. He's going to be going through a little bit of that golf system. You know, coming out of the NFC West, excellent coaches, perfect scheme, but... God damn, if they could just put their minds in Frankenstein body, those coaches' mind, into that quarterback's body so he could hit a target on time, they'd be a lot better. Now, here's what might surprise you. The Niners have a terrific front office, which you probably know, but they were so forward-thinking somehow, I don't know how they figured it out. Well, it's actually semi-standard. Despite it being a five-year deal that they signed Jimmy G to, the significant money was front-loaded, and that train ends this year. What what foresight to have all the money line up perfectly with your Super Bowl run. Next year, if the Niners were to drop or cut Jimmy Garoppolo, they only have a dead cap of $2.5 That's less than the Steelers are probably still paying for Antonio Brown's dead cap. That's absurd. So... Do not sleep on the fact that the Niners are going to have a bad year. Maybe 4-8, and 5-7 and seven. is in. Oh, that's not enough because that's only 12 games. Whoops. Whatever. You know what I mean. Um, you know, 4-12, and 5-11. You do the fucking math. I'm not here to impress you like that. But what I will impress you with is this. Do not be surprised when the Niners take a quarterback early next year. Perhaps trading up. Don't think they'll be in the conversation for Trevor or Fields, but just wait for them to get Tra Carson out of North Dakota State or the kid from UNC whose name is escaping me, or maybe they wait till the second or third and take Sam Ellinger out of Texas. I don't know. I'm just telling you it's going to happen. 
Here's tomorrow's newspaper. You want to read it or not? I don't care. But you heard it first on Scoop FM. I also wanted to say, Bob Ballone personally requested that I reiterate his prediction for this season, which is that A.J. Brown will not be a top 25 fantasy-wide receiver. Okay. I'm sorry that the podcasts have been running a little late. We want to do our week recap, I know, and trust me, my grades from the rookie draft have not changed one bit out of week one. Not one bit. I will not move those out of integrity. And if you're really going to dis, uh, you know, change a dynasty draft pick after one week of observable data, you know, then you really shouldn't be in the business of evaluating dynasty draft picks. Now, what I will say to you is one of the reasons we are so busy, and I may record that pod tonight. I really want to get it out to you. One of the reasons we're so busy is because I was recently brought on one of my favorite podcasts, something that I've been listening to for a long, long time. It was an absolute blast and a dream come true to go on and talk with the great Dave Damashek and David Feeney on Daves of Thunder, available wherever you get your podcasts with the video stream on YouTube as well. These guys are legends in the radio and comedy space. They brought me on as their intern. You know, it was kind of a bit, but then I actually had real work to do, so I don't know how much of it is a bit and how much of it is real. I don't know if I'm even going to be invited on the show next week um, or ever again, but it was a hell of a ride for two episodes. So if you want to be entertained, you could go check that out. I recommend you watch the whole thing, but in both appearances, I pop in around the 45 minute mark. Let just look at me as the main course, but preceded by a fantastic round of appetizers and side dishes. So regardless, a lot of fun, um, something I hope to do in the future, but that's why we've been busy here, but fuck it. Let's get right into it. Now we're a little early in the week. Weavers process tomorrow, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of action, but we can't comment on those now because, you know, they haven't happened yet, but we can look back at our most recent waiver period and ask ourselves, were these smart picks? Well, you know, Matt whiffed $7 on Blake Jarwin, which I would have loved if he hadn't torn his ACL. I whiffed $4 on Joshua Kelly, who got all the goal line work and a ton of care out of Austin Eckler's hands. Yeah, baby, let's fucking go. Devin picked up the Eagles for $4, which a lot of people tried to get. Um, Wasn't a good move because the Eagles and Carson Wentz stink. That team will be nothing until they start Jalen Hurts. And sneakily, quietly, nobody else bid anything. Nick says, I could use a starting running back. Shit, I'll pick up James Robinson. That's better than for $2. That's better than drafting Raquel Armstead 18th overall. And what do you know? 100% of the running back carries in Jacksonville. Now, temper your expectations for seasonal leagues. Even though they played behind technically for a little bit of the game, that game was pretty well in hand. Um, We haven't seen the catastrophic assumption of a young defense getting just points racked up on them and seeing how they respond. But in their division against the Titans, who are also clearly slow burners, I don't know how often that's going to happen. I don't know what their other matchups are. But regardless, a great, great foresight and a great pickup. So we should go straight into these matchups, and let's let's not waste any meat off the bone. Let's dig right in to our first match of the week. We knew it would be a hot one, a hot one. Bob versus Devin. Good team versus bullshit division 
first intradivisional matchup. And who came out on top? That's right, it was the fucking good team division. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that we're the best and we're way better, baby? And you better believe it. This is something we are going to start keeping track of all goddamn year. 25 games between these two divisions. I think if we did the math right, or Bob did the math right for me the other day. But anyways, and if that happens, 25 fucking matchups. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And listen. We will be keeping track of these. We will tell you which division comes out on top. Now, that will also just be prevalent in the standings, but we really got to rub the salt into that wound. So let's talk about this matchup. Bob ended up winning 144.7 to Devin's 134.3. Bob was about, you know, six points ahead of projection, as was Devin, but it just wasn't quite enough on Bob's side. Oh, man. That's got to be rough. When you watch Aaron Rodgers throwing a touchdown for Devin and scoring four points, there's Devontae Adams on the opposite side of the ledger cashing in six. That was a big game for Rodgers and company, but I've got more thoughts on that later. And in a high-scoring game there, Dalvin Cook, new contract. Hooey! And making quite an impact, David Johnson on Bob's team looking spry as ever. Bob loves scooping the bottom of the barrel for old veterans and seeing who's got any working parts left. And boy, did he find one in David Johnson. Gronk was a nothing burger, and Saquon Barkley could not stand up to the Steelers' steel curtain. Odell was an obvious disappointment. I wouldn't have even started him, and Baker, not worth mentioning. Julian Edelman being the target leader and getting some work in a game that was pretty well in hand was nice for him. So that's good. Um, Other than that, let's see. Did Bob leave significant points out there? Yeah, Dallas got it with a big game. And other than that, just kind of interesting to see Zach Moss, as a rookie, get a lot of work and get a touchdown, you know, compared to um, Devin Singletary on, on Devin's team, who, you know, really isn't getting as much work and is already getting as many snaps as, as, um, Zach Moss in in an in an off season uh, that was not kind to rookie development. So, yeah, you can't be too happy there. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers really big game. Clyde with a big game. Jonathan Taylor not so much. DK Metcalf having a nice game, but you know I felt this way on the Tyler Lockett side too. For how much Russ cooked, I would have liked a little more off the top. I didn't love how much went to Chris Carson there. Marvin Jones eh, Kittle. On an injured game, Eckler not receiving the work we once thought, uh, and Deontay Johnson neither. Philip Rivers pe- performing poorly. You know what, Devin? I-, I see you looking at me with those puppy dog eyes, and this isn't something that we've done since we, you know, used to have the newsletter. But I think we're going to have to bring back an old sec a segment. So please strap in, Devin Rambo, because your ass is mine. Now, for the uninitiated, Your Ass is Mine is a segment in which I take your team and I rip them from neck to nuts. I go through everything and I tell you why I hate your fucking team, why your team is a loser, why you will not win the championship, and why you're not good at this. So let's start with Devin and let's start with quarterback because if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers, this would have been a lot worse looking for Devin. This would have been an embarrassing loss. Now, Aaron Rodgers... This was the biggest no-brainer of all time. And if I wasn't so obsessed 
with 17 parlays that I never win, I would have just bet the house on Aaron Rodgers getting plus points in a fanless Minnesota dome against Kirk Cousins with a completely depleted defense starting rookie quarterbacks right after his fucking team actually tried to draft Jordan Love, who by all accounts has looked awful in training camp, (laughs) draft him in the first round, trade up to get him, and give Rodgers no help, undermine him by not giving him a single pass-catching option, signing A.J. Dillon after Rodgers' public affinity for Aaron Jones, sorry, drafting him, and then drafting a fullback? What the fuck were they doing? This was so clearly a Rodgers, classic Rodgers FU game. Now, here's the thing. Rodgers has these FU games every year to start the year. Remember the Bears? They were the hot favorite to win the division. He got injured that game, and he came back just to pull his dick out on Soldier Field and say, behold, world, it is Aaron Rodgers' penises. It's Well, yeah, penises, multiple penises. These are all of Aaron Rodgers' penises. And you need to bow to them. You need to get them better rates on their home and auto. So that will happen the first week. But let me tell you, my friend, it will not continue. And the signing of Jordan Love is spelling his days short. There is only one more year, only 2021. And then after that, they can cut Rodgers for nothing. So expect him to be on a new team. Now, if we all luck out and he becomes a Pittsburgh Stella, that would be incredible if Ben retired after next year, and we went right into Rodgers, I'll take this all back. But until then, eh, I'm not too confident about that. Phillip Rivers looks fucking awful. He was washed last year, and everyone said, well, maybe with a rejuvenated offensive line. Nope, he's just damn washed. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not in over Ben. Stop it, stop it, stop it. He's a career loser. He's a loser. He'll continue to be a loser for your fantasy team. He's on a one-year deal, and then he's out of there. So that's not the long-term answer. And then you got Gardner Minshew. Nice kid. Great story. We all love it. But look, regardless of a surprising win, I don't see this team getting more than five or six. And in a pretty stacked quarterback class, I don't know. Are they really going to stick with Gardner Minshew? Guy with really little draft capital. Sure, he's a culture phenom, but I don't know. Give him some more time. I, I think throughout the course of a season, he will start to regress once again just like he did last year, and I don't think we're looking at him as a starter next year. And then you got Carson Wentz, who is, you know, just holding the fourth down until my board Jalen Hurts gets into gets gets into the building and into the offense. And you got Tyrod Taylor, who, yeah, proved that he's going to get benched pretty soon here. So within next year, you might only have one quarterback, friend, and I know you think you got all the juice and you got all the moves to get way up there on the draft board and select a quarterback. Well, I'll tell you what. If Drew's learned one thing from this past draft, it is don't trade with Devin and two, don't think you can get a quarterback later. My friend, (laughs) if there is any scenario next year where the top two picks are anyone other than Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, 
I don't think that person is mentally capable, whoever makes a pick outside of those two in the top two or trades out of that spot, giving one of them up, that person is not mentally capable to own their team and we're going to have to bring in a co-owner. That cannot, that world cannot exist. We cannot be at that level of competition. I'm just going to write them up there before you guys even get to the fucking draft because that cannot happen. So Devin, that will not happen for you. As for your running backs, oh, did you guys know that um, Devin was starting five running backs last week? Did you hear he's starting five runner running backs week? Let me let me tell you this. Have you also heard that he's shopping Devin Singletary to every single person with a pulse in this league? <laughs> oh, he, tra- he traded James Conner for Devin Singletary, thinking that's a huge win. Devin Singletary undersized back, made a little bit of hay while everyone else was worried about Josh Allen's legs. And guess what? He couldn't beat out Frank Gore. He can't beat out Zach Moss. The rookie is getting more goal line looks. The rookie is catching passes. The rookie is bigger. He's got more juice. He's more of Buffalo's guy. It's only a couple weeks until Devin comes back to my offer (laughs) where I offered him a third round for Devin Singletary. It says, yes, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a beast. Devin, you're a genius. We get it. You're such a genius. You were at two and three, and you took the consensus number two and number three picks in all rookie draft mocks. You're a genius. Well, yeah, obviously, everyone was going to take CEH and JT. The problem is CEH looked fantastic when the game was in hand. If the game is not in hand for the Chiefs, I don't know if he's going to be getting as much looks. And, I mean, Clyde looked electric when he had the ball, you know, except for goal line carries, which are kind of important for a running back and their long-term success. Anyways, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you gotta love that. That's a guy that can get some goal line touches, you know. And Marlon Max out, that's fantastic. But wait, he's losing touches and he can't catch the ball. Because Naeem Hines, Naeem Hines, this this is one of the most productive college running backs of all time. And he's losing catches to Naeem Hines. What is happening? And then Austin Eckler. Oh, Austin Eckler. No, oh, the whole reason Devin was even a playoff team last year was Austin Eckler's early success. The big contract, the big money, Tyrod Taylor, game manager, going to be dumping it off to my friend Austin Eckler all day. Well, yeah, I guess you didn't account for them taking Joshua Kelly, a fifth-round running back. Yeah, Joshua Kelly, he's got, he's got just a little more draft capital than Austin Eckler, but not fucking much. And the team is not pot committed to him in, in a financial sense at all. And my guy's already getting goal line carries. My guy's already getting so many snaps. He's a UCLA kid by all accounts, one of the best workers One of the hardest workers, nicest people, one of the charms of the Senior Bowl. And like I said, this league let him go undrafted. And meanwhile, Raquel Armstead and Tariq Cohen were fucking drafted? Stop it. You're not sharks. That's why I got him right after. Oh my gosh. You know what, Devin? And this just highlights on to Tariq Cohen. You have always been one of those snobby fantasy analysts that says, uh-uh, give me a slight running back who's dynamic, who could catch the ball. Give me a Clyde. Give me a Singletary. Give me an Eckler. Well, guess what? Those are all low-T picks. Those are all beta soy boy picks. 
Those guys can't fucking handle the real NFL gridiron. You want to know what it takes to really succeed in the NFL? You gotta be big. You gotta be thick as fuck. You gotta be a little slow. You gotta be able to run through a brick wall, a D-lineman, whatever the fuck you gotta do to get in that goal line, baby. You gotta be Ezekiel Elliott. You gotta be a Le'Veon Bell. You gotta be a Leonard Fournette. You don't need to be a 5'7", 180-pound Devin Singletary. That's what you gotta fucking do! And you're not prepared for that. And your philosophy is bullshit and it will be punished and you will not win this year. On to your wide receivers. I mean, is there anything really to talk about? I mean, the guy that's starting Marvin Jones and DK Metcalf as his one and two. Ew. I mean, I can't pretend as a Steelers fan to not love and really hope for the ascension of Deontay Johnson. Obviously, you know that. But who knows? And Curtis Samuel... Sterling Shepard, give up on him. Give up on him. It's been too long. Just give fucking up. And Brian Edwards, your big sleeper pick. We were all supposed to be so impressed at. How many targets did he get against one of the worst defenses in the league in a week where Henry Ruggs was out? Tyrell Williams is on IR. Was it just one? Because the box score says just one target. Doesn't sound like a sleeper to me. Actually, it does sound like a sleeper to me because it's putting me the fuck to sleep. Your tight ends are good with George Kittle and Hawkinson. Oh, and for the record, I didn't mention Miles Sanders because he's in your IR, but let's just say, for everybody shitting on me for the trade, let's just say it's only been one week, but so far Le'Veon Bell has outscored Miles Sanders in the NFL season. So, I mean, really, who won that trade so far? And with how that Eagles O-line is looking, I don't know, my friend. I wouldn't be that confident, especially coming off a soft tissue injury. We'll see how long he gets into the year, but I'm done with this kid. Get him out of my sight. Devin, your ass was mine. I'll return it to you just for this week. But if I ever want it again, know that I will take it. Holy hell, that covered a lot of time. I forgot how exhausted those were. We, we got to run through this or else no one's going to be listening to the podcast. Devin, though, I, I, I do see that you are clamoring clearly to defend yourself, and it wouldn't be right. This would not be proper if I didn't defend yourself. So first of all, give me a general assessment. How are you feeling? I don't want to know your thoughts on the—I want to know how you're feeling after hearing my thoughts on your team. This is just, it's just— it's strictly me not being well. Some people aren't well, and I'm one of them. It's unfortunate, but sometimes you go to Connecticut, and there's people that are well, and you just got to hang out with them. Oh, and I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I think it's big of you to be able to admit that on a public forum. So feelings aside, now, what's, what's your general thoughts on me saying that your team is garbage and despite you thinking you made some creative power moves to rise to the top of the rankings, you will not win this league this year. Thoughts on that? I mean, I'm here for the future. But if you want to talk, if you want to talk long-term future, there are men amongst us who aren't prepared to talk about that, and I would never air them out because that's not me. And I would like to actually show show what's going to be presented. Brutally in front of everyone, in front of their fucking eyes slammed in their face. But that's not me. Good night. What about the new division? Okay, well, 
Thank you for that, Devin. So let's continue back on to the matchups. We went so long with the making Devin's ass mine, so let's just let's blow through them. Drew beat Eric 159.1 to 105.2, proving that maybe the process deserves to be trusted. Does it deserve to be trusted? I don't know. Melvin Gordon did benefit a bit from Philip Lindsay getting out. That's nice. And Adam Thielen, well, here's the big one, folks. When you saddle yourself to the Minnesota Vikings passing game, all you need is for Kirk Cousins to absolutely fucking demolish you to get, or sorry, Aaron Rodgers to demolish you to get Kirk Cousins to sling the ball a little. So him, the connection with Thielen, that ended up working out quite nicely for Drewby over there. Uh, Jamison Crowder making a big impact as the Jets also played from behind. So I like I like this strategy. Take the worst fucking teams in the league and just hope that they're slinging it the entire game to try to catch up. Noah Fant with another big game. That's awesome for a young tight end. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Julio making their presence known. So really nice receiving core that Drew is working on over there, you know, aside from A.J. Brown. Anyways, uh, on Eric's side, oh, it's just a mess. Evan Ingram is hot garbage, which is exactly what I told him uh, when I traded him O.J. Howard. I kind of regret that I traded him O.J. Howard, but one touchdown, not going to sway me too much. Let's see, how many points did Raquel Armstead and Darrington Evans get? Oh, okay, zero, so we'll just scroll back up here. Um, okay, yeah. Everyone else, I mean, yeah, starting Daryl Williams as your RB2, I think we know how your week is going to go, even with Deshaun and Dak having decent games. The CD and Amari, triple stack, didn't really come into fruition yet. So we'll see how that continues to play out uh, on to our next matchup. Oh, God. Matt beat Nate 172 to 128 in a, scoring the highest score in the league so far this year, a, a, a brutal beatdown that Matt imposed. Uh, Josh Allen just decimating the Jets. Chris Carson with two touchdowns. McCaffrey doing his thing. Juju, two touchdowns. Kelsey involved as usual. And Kyler Murray with a fantastic game against the Niners. Yes, and he left more on the board. Oh, sorry, that's all his quarterbacks that he's only able to start two. But he did have Malcolm Brown down there and Anthony Miller so this kid could have been pushing 200 easy on Nate's side uh, if it weren't for Russell things would be looking real poor Raheem Mostert with a nice game and that may continue Todd Gurley decent with a lot of opportunity but I don't know didn't really display as much juice as you would hope and Philip Lindsay leaving with an injury Jordan Howard Boston Scott not instilling a lot of confidence and then Ryan Tannehill. Nate had no chance to win this game. Brutal beatdown. Okay. Another game in the bullshit division. The lowest combined score of the week. Nick beat Bill 117 to 110. Good job, fellas. So, yeah. On both of their sides, I'm literally trying to find something interesting to talk about. I will say that Burrow looked pretty damn good in his first start. So, that's something uh, for Nick. On to Billy. Uh, let's see, what was his deficit? About seven points. Could he have beat that? Ben had a great game. James Conner went out. Could have told you that was going to happen. Michael Thomas now injured. Tyler Boyd not really clicking with Burrow as of yet. Marlon Mack injured. Matt Ryan with a good game. But yeah, things are kind of progressing pretty poorly for Bill. Appears that he would be snake bitten by the injury bug once again. Now, I suppose if he had played J.K. Dobbins... 
over one of these scumbags than he could have won, which would have been a nice slap in the face to Nick, who didn't get butt kiss out of Mark Ingram. Ah, here's a game I want. Here's the matchup I've been looking for. Me versus Dave. In not the match of the week, but you know, I consider my match to be one of the most important ones of the week. And I came out victorious. Dave, please pray with the baby. 146 to 139. My team kind of stunk, except for, you know, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews combining for almost 50 together. That's a beautiful sight. Ezekiel Elliott looking hungry and feasting on that, <laughs> that Rams D-line. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Cam Newton looking damn good. Robbie Gold, Steelers defense. All right, we can round out the edges. There's some good here on the bad side. You know, Tyler Lockett, decent production. Uh, you know, in a game where the team scores 38, I'd hope he get one touchdown, but that's okay. Le'Veon Bell injured and uh, carry on. Yeah, was below Adrian Peterson. But... On the plus side, I got Benny Snell. I got LaVisca with a touchdown. I got Chase Edmonds with a touchdown. I got Joshua Kelly with a touchdown. It's a new day, folks. And once Kenny Galladay and Debo Samuel are back in the lineup, then you better be worried about the board of baby. On to Dave's side. Mahomes, decent. Jared Goff, bad, even in a win. Um, Cam Akers losing a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity to that there uh, old Malcolm Brown there. Sammy Watkins with his one meaningful game per year, but the story is Josh Jacobs, who is just looking dynamite. Thank God they sent Lynn Bowden out of town so Josh Jacobs could ascend the ranks to fantasy stardom. Just kidding. I think he would have anyways. And Alvin Kamara also with a nice game. And Cooper Cup once again proving not worth the salary. Could David won this game? And he's about seven points short. So yeah, he just plays Robbie Anderson over Cooper Cup or any one of the, a number of these chumps. And that would have been enough for him. Robbie Anderson. Wonder if that's a trend. Maybe Rule really, really likes that guy. We'll just have to see. All right. We won't waste any more of your time. There were no trades this week. So let's just get into the standings. Let's look into that preview. That would be a lot of fun to do. Don't you think? Okay. So in first place, remember the first two se- the first two seeds go to the top member of each division respectively. So who will be the the more powerful division? Well, I don't need to tell you. It's the good team division. Matt Horvatich is your one seed with the most points scored in the dang league. Your second seed representing the bullshit division is trust the process. But hey, just cuz he's in the bullshit division doesn't mean he's bad because He's got the second most points scored in the league, so deserves to be up there. Next, in third place. Now, remember, this is the seed with a little bit of trickery. You get this seed, you just miss out on a buy, but you pick your first-round opponent. Will you pick correctly or embarrass yourself and be the and be and be the own demise of your own hand? How's that saying go? I just had a stroke. Regardless, I'm the third seed, of course, with the third most points scored. Thank you very much. In fourth place, also from the good team division, is Bob, who won his matchup as well. So there are only uh, five undefeated teams still. That makes sense, because in a 10-team league, yeah, after one week, there's going to be five undefeated teams. So glad I was able to tell you guys that. Bob has the fourth most points scored in the league, so that's great. In fifth place, like I said, you have to have at least five undefeated teams, so the bullshit division needed another represent, representative, uh, which they got in Nick for beating Bill. Um, 
even though he's got the eighth most points scored in the league. So we'll see how long that keeps up. Rounding out your playoff picture is Dave, who even in a loss fought valiantly. Um, So he is your sixth seed, and he has the fifth most points scored in the league. Okay. In seventh place is Devin. Um, Took a loss, took an L to Bob, but the most... The seven most points scored in the league, uh, second most in his own division. So, you know, that tells you about that division. Nate in third with, or sorry, Nate in eighth with the eighth most points scored in the league. Um, Billy in ninth with the ninth most points scored in the league. And Eric in last with the last most points scored in the league. So, if we look ahead to next week, is there anything interesting to see? What's going on? Who's playing each other? We got to pick a match of the week here. And we got to think about this. How many teams could possibly be undefeated again? Okay. So, uh, let's see. So, okay. This is kind of lucky. So, out of all the five teams, everybody is in a matchup with a team that lost last week. So, potentially, three teams, Drew, Nick, and Bob, could remain undefeated. Can Drew take down Nate? Can Nick take down Devin? Can Bob take down Dave? Probably. The other two are projected very tightly, but your match of the week, what else could it possibly be? It has to be me and Matt fulfilling the destiny once again that we will always meet up with each other. If you've ever watched Dark, which is a German show on Netflix, it's a time travel fuckery with a boy, where a boy, you know, his high school crush is actually kind of his aunt, but the whole family, it's all time cluster fucks. It's not a big deal. In every world, in every time period, these two always find their way back to each other for hot, incestuous action. And if I had to describe Matt's and I's relationship, that's all I could come up with. That's probably the closest thing. So we will face off head to head. We're both undefeated and depends on how the scoring plays out. But being the second highest in our division and him being the first, this could shake up the rankings tremendously. So we'll see how that plays out. That is your match of the week. We're looking forward to it just like we're looking forward to the entire rest of the season. If we're feeling real skippy tonight, maybe you'll also get those draft grades. But until then, I'm going to take a shit. Bye bye